Coming up on This Week in Games, the ESRB puts a band-aid on loot boxes, virtual NASCAR turns into Xbox Live, and Animal Crossing stirs up UGC controversy. Coming up This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and the game industry continues to march on amidst the global coronavirus pandemic. That's right. Keep on going. Let's kick it off with obligatory COVID-19 cancellations. The organizers of the famous San Diego Comic-Con announced that due to the global pandemic, there will be no Comic-Con 2020. Comic-Con is might be the biggest entertainment event ever. I've been, I think, three times. It's so big. I mean... You spend eight to ten hours there, you walk around, and you still haven't seen every booth. It's absolutely amazing. Everyone should go once in their lifetime. Unfortunately, you won't be able to go in 2020. This cancellation comes after WonderCon Anaheim, which was scheduled mid-April. It was obviously canceled because, you know, it's mid-April right now, and it's not happening. Also canceled, GamesCon, Europe's largest gaming event, will take place in which normally takes place in Cologne, Germany, will not take place physically, but organizers are scrambling to make an all-digital games con in its place of the physical one. Exact dates and times of the digital event are unknown at this time. Games con is kind of, I guess it's like uh, the European uh, E3, Um, but there's still a ton of announcements, a ton of big reveals in Games con. Sad to see that one go as well. Um, You know, we lost GDC, we lost E3, we're losing Games con rough it's rough out there up next the esrb introduces a plan to educate consumers on game monetization using its rating labels ah the esrb (laughs) so previously the famous ece e10 plus teen m and ao had a small bander under them letting know letting players know if the game included in-app purchases um, and the banner said in-game purchases. Now the banner will also let players know if those purchases give randomized items out by stating in-game purchases includes random items. On the ASRB blog post, they further explain, quote, any game that contains in-game offers to purchase digital goods or premium items with real-world currency for which the player does not know the know prior to the purchase of specific digital goods or premiums they will be receiving gets this label very smart i mean it's a start uh the esrb really has no power so i can't blame them as much i mean all they can do is put on you know ratings on a box honestly the additional small text below a label is likely not going to be read and i don't think this will solve issues around targeting gambling mechanics to children which is the main legislative worry around loot boxes so previously like I don't think Teen did, but M and AO ratings actually stop children from purchasing the game. The latter two, M and AO, sometimes require driver's license to prove your age before purchasing. I remember one time uh, I broke my discs for Diablo 2, and I had to go to like you know GameStop or wherever to rebuy Diablo 2 so I can continue playing. And uh, I found out Diablo 2 was a mature game, and I didn't have my driver's license. Uh, or no, maybe I was like 15 at the time. I don't remember. Something happened, and I couldn't buy Diablo 2 because I didn't have a driver's license proving that I was 16. And I was like, this pixelated game requires you to be 16 to play. I couldn't believe it. Um, 
But yeah, uh, includes random items will not stop kids from spending hundreds of dollars trying to get a rare item that could have a drop rate of like as low as like zero point, you know, zero 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 one percent, right? And so this doesn't put hard blocks into children getting exposed to the gambling mechanics. It's a step in the right direction. It's still the ESRB being very political and not trying to stop, you know, the current revenue drip that the whole industry is kind of addicted to right now. So it's a start. What are you going to say? Next up, Animal Crossing gets heat in China from Hong Kong protesters. So it's a weird story. It got a lot of publicity outside of the game industry. I don't know if it's well-deserved of that. And Animal Crossing players can import pictures to their Animal Crossing island and put them on many things such as like posters. Um, anytime UGC or user-generate content is allowed in games, it's only a matter of time before some news outlet covers the story of bad actors. This time it comes in the form of Hong Kong protesters within Animal Crossing. The BBC originally covered on how Animal Crossing is not receiving a gaming license in China until this issue is addressed. Um, however, to counter that <laughs> kind of report, GameIndustry.biz had a great story on how nobody in China actually buys Animal Crossing through public outlets anyways. They go on, uh, like, one of the biggest apps is Taobao, which I'm probably mispronouncing. And it's like a China's cross between Craigslist and Amazon. And a player can easily find a Japanese or Hong Kong version of the game and purchase it within the same day and go get it. Um, so it doesn't matter if Animal Crossing is banned in China because nobody that plays Nintendo games in China is really acquiring them through legal outlets anyways. Uh, I recommend reading the GameIndustry.biz article I linked in the show notes. It shines a light on kind of how... Games end up very popular in China despite the government, quote-unquote, banning them. And it also shows how, like, um, purchases for those games actually get attributed to Hong Kong and Japan, even though China is a large swath of people purchasing those games. So, interesting uh, article to read around. Next up, professional NASCAR driver Kyle Larson drops a racial slur live on official iRacing event. So, Kyle Larson dropped the N-word. During a live iRacing NASCAR event, NASCAR has been kind of like having drivers play a virtual racing NASCAR game together during the COVID-19 as an alternative to actually live sports events. And sports stations have actually been airing these live. And, you know, they just pretend the best they can that they're actually driving NASCAR cars. Kyle Larson thought his mic was was not hot, which means on, and dropped the N-word. His teammates let him know that everyone could hear him. Watching the video... Um, you know, it was done in a way that it felt like Larson drops the N-word regularly on Xbox Live. Like, it wasn't, like, him stumbling to say the word. It was, like, him saying the word like he would always be saying in, in an online video game. Like, not even, like, with confidence. And, you know, it's just, it's sad. It's not good. Online gaming public chat channels are pretty much a toxic wakes hole of humanity's worst people i can log on to a game right now and have competitors reveal intimate details about activities they've done with my mother within seconds probably <laughs> there's no excuse to act like this when you're like when you're a public figure in a professional setting like he's getting paid to sit there and play that and he knows it's being streamed live like no excuses at all and there are many like layers to hot, hot mic errors like my favorite being um like heavyweight champ john jones in the ufc and challenger Daniel cormier talking shit to each other through their mics um their mics were hot they didn't think they were they got it recorded and it's amazing you can go look up online this was not a positive moment and it's kind of like let's ignore uh 
Kyle Larson dropping racial slurs. That's bad. He's been um, dropped by almost all of his sponsors and definitely suspended by NASCAR. No one's going to defend this guy. You suck. Um, don't do that. Like, don't think like that. But let's look at the industry in a more holistic view is that the industry knows this happens. Like, and it generally needs to examine the solutions to curve this language in online games because this shit would never occur in a public social setting. Like the way people act and speak to each other in online games, it's like funny because this like started when I was a kid and I, I never got into it. Like I never, like it's just stupid to like trash talk people um, and say like shit like that. But it, it, the industry knows it happens. Like Xbox probably has <laughs> like a counter for every time the N word is said. You know, like, I mean, it's not like they don't know that this is just said nonstop. And it's not like there's a lot of things we can't do to curve it. And we, I don't know, like, we need to address it as an industry. We can't have people feeling comfortable and saying racist and sexist and horrible things to each other as part of the experience every time they log on. And so, you know, I mean, this is just an example. It, it honestly seems like this guy plays Xbox Live and drops the N-word regularly. And that's the problem is you probably felt at home and didn't realize this mic was on and just said it. And so, like, there you go. It's like a reflection of the game industry right there. Yeah. All right. Next up, Riot appears to be taking the hands-off approach to Valorant's esports for going running a league in favor of supporting community-driven events. So in a blog post, Riot stated, quote, we want to let Valorant grow naturally. We're not looking to force anything too quickly without knowing what's best for esports fans. So basically, Riot will be supporting the community and content creators, waiting to see what kind of what form of esport emerges emerges from Valorant before they dive in. Honestly, this is a great strategy. Fighting games were famously grassroots for years. I mean, Evo was just, you know, even before Evo. Um, oh crap! What was Evo called before Evo? When it was back in California, Evo was is all like grassroots, like it's all fan made. Like there's no like person coming in and you know saying like i'm nintendo and we're gonna run the biggest fighting game tournament in the world no someone just did it and so tournament rules like double eliminations increasing set play to three out of five instead of two out of three for top eight matches and kind of like what is a regulation controller allowed in a fighting game we're all explored and solved before the likes of capcom namco and nintendo stepped into fighting games so this seems like a smart move for riot like this game is new Yes, it's like Overwatch and Counter-Strike, and you can easily look at those two leagues and kind of try to form your own. However, let the fans figure out. Like, let them figure out what rules work best. Let them figure out what they like. Let them do all the hard work. And then you can step in much later on, and you can go, okay, we like what you're doing. Let's inject a ton of money into it, and let's, like, make it official. You know? Great. Um, let's move on. So two quick people stories. First off, Niantic welcomes back Megan Quinn as CEO after her departure five years ago to become a VC partner at Spark Capital. So Megan Quinn was a CEO of Niantic. Um, she left. She went to go to the venture capital world and made a bunch of investments. Um, seeing as how it was five years and most venture capital funds pay out after 10 years, I guess. <laughs> maybe she didn't think she was going to make that money back or maybe Niantic pushed her treasure chest at her to <laughs> come back and uh, return a COO, but she's back at Niantic, so it'll be interesting to see um, what, if any, changes will she bring to the table as COO. And this is a sad story. John H. Conway, 
famous mathematician and creator of the game of life, not the board game, the game of life, the computer simulation, passes away at 82. The game of life still lives on in computer science classes everywhere to this day and is credited as one of the first first ever computer games. Um, I mean, like, come on. Everyone who's taken math or computer science at a university level knows the game of life. It's always my favorite when... Um, so my computer science undergrad was like we shared a building and apartment with the math department. And it's always great to see the math majors have to make the, the game of life like program it. And they're so proud of themselves and excited uh, when they program something and get to visually see it go off on the screen. Uh, I, then they run around. They're like, oh, my God, look at this. I made uh, two like walls of death that hit each other. You know, And you guys can go look up game of life videos online. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend programming it yourself. Lots of fun can be had there. Teach your kids how to program the game of life. Uh, this guy's a legend. Uh, good job. <laughs> All right. Lots of business news. Lots of business news. Again, I'm I'm impressed how much business news the game industry has when everyone's in lockdown. Like, how are these deals even getting done? I don't know, but they're getting done. So let's kick it off with everyone's fan favorite, M&A, mergers and acquisitions. First up. Riot acquires Hypixel. So I'm assuming it's called Hypixel, not Hypixel, because their game is called Hytel, not Hytel. So <laughs> let's go with Hypixel. Uh, Tencent-owned Riot Games acquires Hypixel, a company that was founded by former rioters back in 2018. The Riot connection doesn't end there. According to Crunchbase, the only investor in Hypixel is, in fact, Riot Games, who funded their entire seed round back in 2018. Hytale is Hypixel's game and development. It's a sandbox kind of RPG that looks like a derivative of Minecraft and will become another of Riot's upcoming game releases. So they just acquired the studio and shoved that into their, like, what, what are they releasing, like, six games in the next few years? The acquisition was for an unknown amount. Now, this does just read, like, nep nepotistic payouts, like, oh, you're Riders, you left, we funded you, now we're going to pay you to come back. And everyone's happy. However, I, I will say sometimes big companies just can't execute on creative ideas. So sometimes these ideas need to be independent companies to be created and like formed and then be reabsorbed back into larger conglomerates. Like maybe Riot at the time just couldn't make a game this creative from ground up for whatever reason. And honestly, I've seen this happen at Zynga with less success and at Google many times. Like people at Google just get frustrated by bureaucracy leave, go build what Google exactly needs for that department, then Google will just pay them handsomely to acquire them back and take that tech and reintegrate it. So either way, good job, Hypixel. I mean, I hope you guys, <laughs> I hope you guys got a payout from that. Next up, Republic acquires Fig. So Republic is an investment platform where users can invest into private companies. Fig is a crowdfunding platform for indie games, but separates itself from competitors like Kickstarter or Indiegogo by allowing investors to get a return on their investment in the form of cash from sales of the actual game. So both are very similar. Um, the acquisition was for an unknown amount, and Republic states that Fig will continue to operate independently from now. Honestly, it seems like a no-brainer. Very similar crowdfunding or private investing platforms. Good to see that they'll both continue to exist separately for the time being. You know, I mean, consolidation has to happen in these fields. Fig and Republic are both well and respected. Nothing else to say. Like, there's, these are kind of just like no-brainer moves. 
All right, next up, Nifty Games raises a nice $12 million in a Series A. So Nifty Games, who is developing the upcoming NFL Clash, finishes off an impressive $12 million Series A, bringing their total fundraising to $15 million. NFL Clash is a head-to-head NFL mobile game and sounds like NFL kind of mashing up with Clash Royale. That's really, if you read the description of the game, that's exactly what it sounds like. should be interesting how a title, see if, how a title like this does like assuming that they have a user acquisition budget like does is it delta of like playing clash royale but with nfl players do you see a giant delta in that you know like like what is the kind of like super cell fantasy universe versus nfl grounded in reality universe like how do those monetize differently? I don't know. It should be very interesting. I really hope this this game really is just Clash Royale with NFL players, and I really want to see how this does. Next up, Nitro Games takes a $4.5 million investment from Nordis Film. So, again, not much to this story. Mobile developer Nitro Games, known for Loot Land and Heroes of Warland, takes a large investment from Norwegian film company Nordis Film. Nordis will receive two board seats for their investment. I don't know. That's kind of like where the story ended. I, I try to look for more. There's nothing more. That's the story. Next up, Surplus, Super Plus Games, sorry, Super Plus Games raises $4.7 million in an unnamed fundraising round. So mobile developer Super Plus Games, known for Hills of Steel and Brawls of Steel, and the upcoming Hills of Steel 2, these are tongue twisters, people, um, raises $4.7 million, led by this week in games mainstay Makers Fund, and also... Sisu Game Ventures. Surplus will use the funds to continue their casual PvP game development. So if you look at uh, Superplus games, they kind of just make very casual player versus player games, likely borderline some of the player versus players, probably NPCs versus players. I didn't say that out loud. All right, next up. Kickstarter success story, Breaking Wall raises $1.75 million in what seems like a seed round. So Breaking Wall follows up their 2019 Kickstarter campaign that ended with $136,000 raised with a new round led by Game Seer Venture Partners. The money will be put towards the same game mentioned in their Kickstarter, an animal adventure game called Away, the Survival Series. Go check it out. Um, you can actually pre-order it right now off their Kickstarter if this sounded interesting. All right, lastly, Unread. This is, this is a good one. Lastly, Unread raises $2.5 million in a venture round for their interactive video platform. Unread, which is spelled U-N-R-D, and I assume it's Unread, um, has an interesting platform that is for live-action interactive storytelling. Um, Unread calls their interactive storytelling, quote, found phone-style footage, like, footage. So, you know, like, the Blair Witch Project kicked off the movie's found footage style, which is, like, people holding shaky cams and, like, oh, no, the ghost is after us, and the cam, like, twirls away, and you don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> Unread has found phone-style interactive storytelling games. Pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie. Go look it up. Uh, Netflix has been experimenting with this idea, and we've seen indie games such as Her Story also show how interactive storytelling can be done in kind of, like, more creative ways. The venture round was led by This Week in Games mainstay investor Galaxy Interactive through their Galaxy EOS VC fund and also includes other kind of like regular investors such as Play Ventures. Unread is looking for potential TV partnerships. 
I can honestly see someone like hitting interactive storytelling in a compelling way. You know, Black Mirror's Banner Snatch was pretty interesting while it lasted. And at this point, I, you, you know, you, I think being on lockdown, we're all just getting bored of watching <laughs> stream television and movies. You know, you can only watch so much movies. So honestly, the quicker they can get interactive storytelling out, I think it could be a hit, you know, uh, something new something people aren't used to. However, if it's just going to be branching narrative, like that's where Bandersnatch kind of lost its luster is after, you know, the third time you go back and do a different choice, you're just like, okay, I don't I don't really care anymore. So it, it has some humps to get over, but I don't know. It has a lot of potential. All right. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. Also, leave me a comment and let me know how I'm doing. You can email me at eric at thisweekingames.com, E-R-I-C at thisweekingames.com. If you have any comments or suggestions on future stories, I'm Eric McConnell. That's it for This Week in Games. I'll see you guys next week. And again, check the show notes. I list all the articles that I covered in today's episode. Bye.